What is up, everybody? JT Sports here. Back to you guys with another episode of the JT Sports Podcast. On this episode, I'm here with my AFC East 2022 record predictions. Going to be giving you guys my best case scenario, my worst case scenario, and my overall record predictions. If this is your first time listening to the JT Sports Podcast, welcome. I appreciate you for tuning in. Make sure that you follow me on all of my social media platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Sports underscore underscore and on Instagram at JT Sports underscore. Lastly, if you are listening to this episode on YouTube, make sure that you check out the JT Sports Podcast. Every single video that's uploaded on the channel is available in audio format on all podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast from, the JT Sports Podcast is available. Also, make sure that you like the video and subscribe to the channel for more NFL videos and college football videos. Now, for over the last two years, before the start of every NFL season, I always ask myself, JT, is this finally the year that the Buffalo Bills get over the hump and make it to the Super Bowl. And last year, they went 11-6. They lost to the Chiefs due to a coin toss, which allowed Kansas City to get the ball for the first possession of overtime, and we already saw how that turned out. But for the Bills this year, entering the 2022 NFL season, this not only is one of the most talented teams in the AFC Conference, but they're one of the most talented teams in the whole entire NFL. Josh Allen last year, to me, was the second best quarterback in the NFL behind Aaron Rodgers. Look at what he did, not only throwing the football through the air, but also what he meant for the Buffalo Bills offense in the ground game. And you still have Stephon Diggs at wide receiver, one of the top five receivers in the game at the moment. Gabriel Davis went off in the playoffs for the Bills. And many people, myself included, think that he could be in for a breakout season. But the reason why I'm so excited for the Buffalo Bills this year is because you add Von Miller on the defensive side of the football. And if Gregory Russo ends up breaking out this season because he had a really phenomenal rookie season, as a matter of fact, Gregory Russo probably exceeded everybody's expectations for how he was going to perform in his first year in the NFL. Because when he was coming out of Miami, you know, the narrative about Gregory Russo was that he had a lot of potential when you look at his physical attributes and his athletic attributes as well, but he wasn't that polished. Well, we started hearing a lot of reports that Gregory Russo was having a really good training camp. He had a pretty good preseason as well, and that carried over into the regular season. And Gregory Russo made some really key plays for the Buffalo Bills during certain moments of 2021. So I'm really excited to see what he does going into year two alongside of Von Miller. You also have the fact that Ed Oliver also is starting to come around as well. Your linebackers, Matt Milano, Tremaine Edmonds are still really good. And in the secondary, even though you lost Levi Wallace in free agency, you're going to be replacing him with rookie cornerback Kair Elam, who I was also really high on as well. So you pretty much could have two number one corners. You have Davis White on one end, and then you have Kair Elam on the other end. So... My best case scenario for the Buffalo Bills this year is 14-3. and And the reason why I have them so high when it comes to their ceiling is because, honestly, when you look at their schedule, they have some really tough games in here, but they also have some pretty 
easy, winnable games that they should be able to win. But no matter who they play, the Buffalo Bills are going to be favorites in the majority of their matchups. Because this team is absolutely loaded on both sides of the football. So it's only right for them to have, you know, one of, if not the best record in the NFL. So the ceiling, I have them at 14-3. and three. The floor is 10-7. and seven. And the reason why I have the floor at 10 wins, I know Buffalo fans are probably going to say, JT, the floor should at least be 11. Well, I think that Buffalo could end up falling victim to looking ahead into the playoffs and maybe they just coast their way through the regular season. And then when the playoffs comes around, they end up elevating their level of play. But the worst case for 10-7 is that let's say Miami actually is really good. They still do have a really talented roster on paper. Their defense also is pretty stacked. Their offense should improve this year with Mike McDaniel at the helm at head coach. You bring in Tyreek Hill. You pair him up with Jalen Waddle. Tua should take that next step in his development. So Miami potentially could take a game from you. New England is more than capable of being able to take a game away from you. And New England made a lot of underrated moves this offseason. Not major moves that many people are going to be paying attention to, but they have been chess moves that's going to allow the New England Patriots to have way more speed on the field when they play the Bills this year. So I think that you could end up splitting with both the Dolphins and the Patriots this year. And on top of that, you know, the run game for Buffalo definitely still has to be a huge question Look at Devin Singletary. I don't think he's a bad running back. I think he's pretty solid. But the reason why, you know, I'm not really all that high on Devin Singletary is because he's not all that consistent. Sometimes he'll have some really good performances, and most times he'll end up just being subpar. Now, you brought in James Cook, who is more going to be a factor in the passing game for you, pretty much another Avril Kamara, Austin Eckler kind of running back. So I don't really know how big of an impact that he's going to have in the run game for Buffalo this year. So I still think that the Bills are going to still rely heavily on Josh Allen's legs to have a sufficient ground game this year. And then on top of that, you know, the pass rush. Let's say maybe Gregor Russo doesn't take that next step in development and he still is the same player that he was last year. That could be a major disappointment. Maybe Father Time finally catches up with Von Miller. But I do think 10-7 and is the floor for the Buffalo Bills. My overall record prediction for this team for this season is 12-5. and Now, their schedule to start the season off is really, really tough. I mean, you play the Rams Thursday night, Tennessee on the road against Miami, on the road against Baltimore, back-to-back road trips. Then you have to play Pittsburgh at home. Then you got to go on the road to play Kansas City. I mean, this is a really tough schedule to open up the year. Then off your bye week, you play the Green Bay Packers. So you're pretty much playing five or six potential playoff teams for this year. And some of those teams, the majority of them, Tennessee, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, and Green Bay, All five of those teams were playoff teams in 2021. And then, you know, you get a little bit of a break in your schedule after that Green Bay game. You get to play the New York Jets, the Vikings, the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson should be back by that time. Then you play the Lions on the road. And you have New England, New York, Miami, Chicago. And then you close off your last two games of the year against Cincinnati on the road on a Monday night and New England at home. So 
their first couple of games or the first half of the season for Buffalo is going to be incredibly gruesome. And I think that there are going to be some games that they are going to end up losing. Even they could maybe end up suffering an upset. But anytime you're having these back-to-back consecutive road games, you know, going against Miami and Baltimore on the road, that's really tough. And then three out of four of those games during that stretch are going to be on the road. And the only home game that you have during, you know, your first couple of matchups are really going to be against Tennessee and Pittsburgh. So that's a really tough stretch for the Buffalo Bills that they're going to have for the first duration of the season. So I definitely think that, you know, with all of these teams being really good, that there are going to be a good potential of Buffalo taking some bumps in the road really early on. You know, that Rams game could go either way, but Buffalo also could win all of these games because they're just that talented. But 12 and 5 is my record prediction for the Buffalo Bills. I think this probably could be good enough for them to get the number one overall seed in the AFC. I'm not going to confirm that because we still have a long way to go in these predictions. But I think that Buffalo is not only going to be one of the best teams in this conference, but I think that they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. And I definitely expect them to be in the AFC Conference Championship game this year. Robert Sala had a really rough first year as the head coach for the New York Jets. They went 4-13 in 2021. Zach Wilson had a really disappointing and underwhelming rookie season. There were a lot of games where it looked like he was a deer with his head cut off. And with the offense struggling... It put the defense at a disadvantage because anytime your defense is on the field for more plays than what they should be, they end up getting tired more quickly and they just end up not performing all that well. Now, I think that the defense was a little bit better than what the statistics may show, even though they did have a lot of holes, especially when it came to the pass rush, their talent at cornerback, but all that has improved this year. Okay, you bring in DJ Reed and free agency, you draft Soft Gardner in the first round of this past year's NFL draft, you also get Jermaine Johnson late in the first round, so I definitely think that those are going to be two rookies that have a big impact on the New York Jets defense right away you also get Carl Lawson back who had a really good training camp last year for the New York Jets but he ended up getting his season cut short he didn't even get to make it to week one because he had an injury before the regular season even tipped off so for the New York Jets your defense definitely is going to be really good this year as a matter of fact the New York Jets should have the most improved defense in the NFL we also can't forget about Quentin Williams John Franklin Myers also is another player to look out for there are a lot of players that we could name in this New York Jets defense that could end up having really big seasons but We can't waste a lot of time on that. We also have to get to the offense. The offense is what has me really excited about because this is a young offense, without a doubt. But their offensive line is really improved. And if you're a Jets fan, you have to give a major round of applause to your general manager, Joe Douglas, because he has done a fantastic job of learning from the mistakes of what went wrong with Sam Darnold in the Big Apple and making sure that he set Zach Wilson up with a better chance to succeed by building up this offensive line. George Fant is going to be at left tackle. He was really solid there last year. You also have Lincoln Tomlinson there at left guard, Connor McGovern at center, Elijah Vera Tucker at 
at right guard and Makai Beckton coming back fully healthy. He's going to be playing right tackle. So for Zach Wilson, your offensive line is going to be really good. The ground game is going to be there as well with the addition of Brees Hall pairing him up with Michael Carter. You still do have Corey Davis, who was pretty okay when he was able to stay healthy Elijah Moore had a pretty solid rookie year he could end up being a breakout candidate and we can't forget about rookie wide receiver Garrett Wilson so my best case scenario for the New York Jets this year is 9 and 8 now I know that a lot of Jets fans are probably going to be a little bit upset with that because you're probably going to feel the best case or the ceiling for this team could be 10 11 wins but this team is still fairly young. This is one of the youngest rosters in the NFL. So you have a lot of young players who are still developing, and it's still going to take them some time. And when you have a good amount of young players on your roster, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. On top of that, the New York Jets have one of the toughest schedules going into this season. So I think for the New York Jets, I love what they have on defense. And I definitely feel like the defense is going to be a major part if the New York Jets end up being able to go 9-8 and eight this year because this defense is so night and day different compared to what they were in 2021. And this defense potentially could end up being a top 12, maybe top 10 unit this season with what they bring in, okay? You have Jordan Whitehead, who's most likely going to be playing strong safety. I loved him at Tampa Bay. I feel he was a little bit underrated. He's also pretty good against the run, in my opinion. LaMarcus Joyner there. There's just so much talent on defense. Your only concern probably is going to be linebacker. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later because I think that linebacker could end up being the Achilles heel of this defense. But offensively, you have Mike LaFleur who is going into his second stint as well as the offensive coordinator for the Jets. And I'm really interested in seeing, you know, how this offense starts to open up with him and Zach Wilson having another additional offseason to go over the playbook, learn, and go over film. And really, if the New York Jets are able to get to nine wins, it's going to be not only because of the defense, but because Zach Wilson takes that large step. Now, Zach Wilson, even though the majority of his rookie season was incredibly underwhelming, he performed a little bit better over the last couple of games of the season. I would say the last three to four games, Zach Wilson improved compared to how he started the first half of his rookie season. So that definitely is a big talking point if you are a Jets fan looking for a reason to believe in Zach Wilson. So if Zach Wilson can be... 75% better than what he was in year one. I think that that should be good enough to get the Jets to a nine-win season because I definitely feel like the Jets' identity this year is going to be their defense. Their offense, I don't think it's going to be bad, but I still think that there's going to be a good amount of growing pains there. But I think that the defense is going to be the heart and soul of if the New York Jets are able to get to a 9-8 record this year. Now, the floor for the New York Jets, my worst case scenario, is 3-15. Now, the floor for the New York Jets is really, really low. And the reason for that is because it's not that I don't believe in the coaching staff or what the New York Jets have done this offseason. It's more due to the fact that this is a young team that still is going to have young players learning and developing. So, of course, the growing pains are going to be there. But on top of that, you have pretty much the toughest schedule, at least when it comes to the first half of the season, than any other team 
entering this year. I mean, your first couple of games are really tough. You're playing Baltimore. You got to travel on the road against Cleveland. And even though they're going to be without Deshaun Watson, they're still going to be a really tough outing simply for the fact that they still do have a really good offensive line and a great defense. You got to play Cincinnati. We know how much of a juggernaut the Bengals are this year. On the road against Pittsburgh, at Heinz Field, Miami, Green Bay, at Denver, New England, Buffalo, you're pretty much facing potentially nine playoff teams during the first couple of weeks into the season. And then before that, before you enter your bye week, you got to play New England and Buffalo, but you do get them at home. And then after your bye week is where things start to kind of get easy for you. That's why I say that the New York Jets have the toughest first half of the schedule than any other team in the league because they're playing potentially nine potential playoff teams during the first half of their schedule. But after their bye week, that's where we start to see things kind of get a little bit more easier. After you play New England on the road, you get to play Chicago, Minnesota, you got to play Buffalo, but you do get to play Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, and Miami after. So you're playing five, six teams last season who didn't make it into the playoffs. And the majority of these teams probably aren't really going to be all that great outside of Minnesota and Buffalo and Miami. The Jaguars, Detroit, Chicago are probably going to be below 500 teams. So those definitely are winnable games. But when you just look at the first half of that schedule, man, like it's really tough if you're a Jets fan to find a win for the first couple of games into the season. So there's a good chance that the New York Jets could end up starting out really slow. They could end up maybe having only maybe one or two wins going into their bye week, and then they're able to pick things up after. So my record prediction for the New York Jets this year is going to be 6-11. and Even though they have a really tough half, well, a tough first half of their schedule. I think that they are going to be able to pull off an upset or two. And then they do also have some winnable games as well late into the season. So I think with how good this defense is, if you have a great defense, you're going to be able to hang around in a good amount of games. Because when you have a great defense, it allows your offense a little bit of time to get things going. And on top of that, if this defense is really good at forcing takeaways, then that's also going to help the offense out because you're going to put them in short field situations that's going to make it easier for them to put points on the board so I think that the defense is going to be a large reason why I can see the New York Jets winning six games now two wins compared to what you had last year I feel is an improvement and then I feel that next season is going to be the year that we see the New York Jets really take that next step potentially not only become a playoff team but maybe a team that could end up making a deep run in the postseason but maybe it could happen this year because we saw Joe Burrow take that next step in his second year last year he ended up taking Cincinnati to the Super Bowl I'm not saying that Zach Wilson could end up doing that because that's something that we rarely see but I feel like the Jets could have a above average chance of being able to get the seventh seed this year in the AFC. This division is going to be really competitive. The Patriots, the Bills, the Dolphins, all are going to be really good. They're all three are teams that are more than capable of being able to make it into the postseason. So I still think that there's a good chance that the Jets finish in last place in the division. However, I do think that this team is going to be really competitive compared to where they were last year with how good this defense should be this season. 
Wilson and how improved this offense is going to be. It all really depends on Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson can make things click this year. I think there definitely is a really good shot that they can end up winning nine games. Last year, the Dolphins went nine and eight. They got rid of former head coach Brian Flores, and they're going to be replacing him with new head coach Mike McDaniel, who comes from the 49ers. He's going to be bringing over that West Coast offense. And if you're a Dolphins fan, you're asking yourself heading into this year, can the Dolphins finally break into the postseason? Because for the last two years, they have been on the outside looking in. And for Mike McDaniel, is he going to be able to help Tua take that next step up and development because last year I felt like Tua got a lot of undeserved criticism he had the worst offensive line in the NFL little to no run game and one of the worst wide receiving groups in the NFL as well so the Dolphins this offseason they improve the offensive line you bring in left tackle to Ron Armstead who is one of the best left tackles in the NFL you also sign offensive lineman Connor Williams who either is going to be playing guard or center and then you trade for Tyreek Hill the fastest player in the NFL and you pair him up with Jalen Waddle who also happens to be one of the fastest players in the NFL as well you also have Mike Gusecki Cedric Wilson so there are a lot of weapons for Tua to throw the football to in the passing game on top of that the run game definitely is going to be improved you're going to have Chase Edmonds Sonny Michelle Raheem Mostert now I don't know if they're going to have a lead back in this offense they're probably going to rotate two maybe three guys into the run game but you do have a lot of capable running backs who are more than able to give you good production on the ground now the offensive line still is a concern because outside of Teron Armstead and Connor Williams there's not really anybody on this offensive line at the moment on paper who really gives you a lot of confidence now I think that Miami does have talent on the offensive line it's just all about trying to find the right spots for these guys such as Austin Jackson me personally I think Austin Jackson would be better at guard versus him playing tackle but most likely the Dolphins are probably going to give him a run at right tackle this year and then make some adjustments now the defense on paper, this is one of the most talented defenses in the NFL. You look at their defensive line. Christian Wilkins was a monster last year. Emmanuel Ogba, Jalen Phillips, also a really good pass rusher. Jalen Phillips had a pretty solid rookie season. Emmanuel Ogba probably is one of the more underrated pass rushers in the NFL. Linebacker Jerome Baker. The secondary really is what has me excited because you have Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, one of the best cornerback duos in the league at the moment. Javon Holland had a phenomenal rookie season. So for Miami, they have the talent to get into the playoffs. And honestly, if this team ends up living up to the talent that they have on paper, the best case scenario that I have for Miami is 11 and 6. Now, I was really close to going with 12 and 5, but I went with 11 and 6. This is a team that, although the wide receiving core and the weapons that they have when it comes to the skill position looks really good, you still have to take the fact that the offensive line outside of Connor Williams and Teron Armstead, you still have a good amount of concern there. But you have a really good defense, even though I'm not a big fan of them bringing back defensive coordinator Josh Boyer. However, I do like the fact that on offense, this is going to be an 
really good passing attack because I think that putting Tua in the West Coast offense is the best scheme for his skill set. He has a better arm than what a lot of people give him credit for. He may not have one of the best arms in the NFL, such as a Justin Herbert or Josh Allen kind of arm, but he does have enough arm strength to be able to push the football downfield. Now, the West Coast offense is all predicated on the short and intermediate passing game, which is what Tua excels at. So that's why I think that Tua is going to end up popping off this year. And if the NFL had a most improved player award like the NBA does, I think Tua definitely would be my front runner for that award this year. Because when you look at the fact that you have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, both wide receivers that not only are fast, but they're really good with the ball in their hands. If you just give them a little bit of space, they're a threat to take it to the house every single time they touch the football. Now... For the defense, if Josh Boyer ends up, you know, proving me wrong, he ends up being a good defensive coordinator, then I think that the Dolphins defense should be top 10, maybe enter that top 7 territory if the defensive coordinator is able to be as good as what a lot of Dolphins fans hope that he will be. Now, my worst case scenario for Miami is 6-11. and 11. Now, as I mentioned a couple moments earlier, I'm not a big fan of them deciding to bring back defensive coordinator Josh Boyer simply for the fact that I don't really know how good of a defensive coordinator he is because last year, there were some people that said that he was the guy who was calling the plays early on into the season when the defense was kind of struggling and then Brian Flores took over the play calling and that's when the defense improved. I really don't know what to believe, but... I I have a lot of skepticism about him as a defensive coordinator. So if he's able to come out and prove to us that he is a really good play caller on the defensive side of the ball, then I think that Miami definitely should be able to get to 11 wins. But I'm not really a big believer in him as a play caller. And it doesn't matter how much talent you have in the NFL. If you don't have good play calling or a coordinator or coach that's able to put the players in the proper situation to succeed, then you're not going to have a lot of success regardless of how talented your team may be on either side of the football. So I have reservations about him. And then also, since this is the worst case scenario, this is pretty much if everything was to go wrong, the offensive line improves, but you still have a lot of weaknesses that still end up hindering the overall performance of the line, such as, you know, you still have questions at guard. Austin Jackson still is a developmental project at the right tackle position. So maybe those guys don't come along in development. Maybe the offensive line continues to struggle. And then that affects, you know, how effective they can be in the run game and in the passing game when it comes to giving to a time to throw the football downfield so worst case scenario for the Miami Dolphins I have them at 6 and 11 now my overall record prediction for Miami this year is 8 and 9 I still think that New England and Buffalo are still better than the Miami Dolphins when it comes to the talent that they have on the interior of the offensive line New England and Buffalo both have really good offensive lines even though the Dolphins are better when it comes to wide receiver than both of those two teams, it doesn't really matter how good your wide receivers are if the quarterback doesn't have time to throw them the ball. And even though they're going to be running a West Coast offense that's predicated on timing, precision passing, and getting the ball out fast, you're still going to be put in situations that are going to involve you pushing the football downfield. So that's one concern that I have. This offensive line still isn't all that great. 
The defense, as I mentioned, I'm not a big believer in Josh Boyer. He's just going to have to prove me wrong. So I have them at 8-9. and nine. Now their schedule, I don't think it's too tough. Okay, your first three games of the year, you are playing the New England Patriots. You're going on the road to Baltimore, Buffalo. Then you have Cincinnati on the road. And then after that, you know, things kind of tone down a little bit for you. After that Thursday night matchup against the Bengals, you go on the road to face the New York Jets, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, on the road against Detroit and Chicago. So those are all winnable games. That's a pretty easy stretch when you compare them to the rest of the schedule. And then after that, you got to face the Browns before your bye week. After that, you play Houston. So after that Bengals game, your next slate, your next five to six games are pretty winnable. Okay, and you have a good chance of being able to go four and two, maybe five and one through that stretch. And that could be the stretch that ends up helping Miami get into the playoffs because after that Houston game, the schedule really heats up for them. They have to play San Francisco, the Chargers, the Bills. All three of those games are on the road back to back to back weeks. Then you have to play Green Bay really late into the season, late December. Then you have New England on the road. So their last couple of games of the season are all going to be on the road late in the season. So for Miami, a team that is trying to make a late season playoff push at this point, it's really hard to do that when you only have two home games to close out the rest of December and you're going on the road in some really tough road environments such as Buffalo Lambeau Field is really a a tough place to win at especially late in the year so I think that they end up kind of coming out a little bit flat to end the season and that's why I have them at eight and nine now they do have a good chance being able to get to 11 wins this year I strongly believe that But for right now, I'm going to have them at 8 and 9. The New England Patriots. I was trying to tell everybody that last year, a lot of people were overlooking New England. There were a good amount of people out there who thought that the Patriots were finished. They weren't going to make it to the postseason. Well, they proved a lot of people wrong. They went 10 and 7. Mac Jones had the best rookie season out of all of the quarterbacks from his draft class. And I think that this year... The Patriots are going to be Mac Jones a bust. The Patriots are going to go as far as Mac Jones takes them. You improve the wide receiver position slightly by bringing in Devontae Parker. You also drafted Baylor wide receiver Tyquan Thornton. You drafted Cole Strange with your first round pick. And even though there are a lot of people who were upset about that, selection Cole Strange is going to be a monster even though Bill Belichick does have a great track record of drafting in the first round he's really good when it comes to sniffing out really top level offensive alignment and defensive alignment so I think that Cole Strange is going to improve this offensive line this was already a really good offensive line last year this is one of the best offensive lines entering this season so with the fact that the wide receiver position has improved and the offensive line has improved when it was already pretty good now you look at the run game okay now last year Damian Harris was a beast and you also have Rahamdre Stevenson and on top of that I really still do love the talent that they have at tight end you have Hunter Henry Jonu Smith so I think that the offense is going to be fine I know that a lot of people aren't going to be thrilled about you know the talent that they have at the skill position 
people pretty much look at New England. They say, well, JT, I mean, they have okay players there. You know, they're not bad. They're not great overall. They're just in the middle of the pack. And I can understand that. But, you know, Jacoby Myers has made some big plays for the Patriots over the last couple of years. You also have Kendrick Bourne, who I also thought was pretty solid at times for them. So I think that overall, when you incorporate the talent that they have at wide receiver and tight end, they should be pretty set there. I think that Mac Jones has a good amount of weapons and targets to give the football out to, okay? Now, defensively, this is where a lot of people's concerns are going to lie because you lost J.C. Jackson, okay? A linebacker, when it came to the pass coverage that you were getting from that position last year, was lackluster to say the least. However, you did bring in Mac Wilson, In the trade with the Cleveland Browns, I love Juwan Bentley. Raekwon McMillan didn't even get to play for the Patriots last year because he got his season cut short before it even started last year. So I think that the linebacker play, at least when it comes to the pass coverage, is going to improve. And I think when you look at the Patriots defense, okay, a lot of these guys you probably don't know about, but they definitely fit Bill Belichick's system. And my best case scenario for the Patriots this year is going to be 13 and 4. Now, you may be like JT. You're tripping if you think that the Patriots, at their best, are going to be able to win 13 games. I strongly believe it. Because this team is pretty much, as I mentioned, going to only go as far as Mac Jones takes them. And when Mac Jones takes that next step, and I'm not saying if, I'm saying when, because I believe that he's going to end up ascending his play to becoming a top 10 quarterback this year, the Patriots are going to be really hard to stop. And there were times when Mac Jones, when he was on, he was really on. Now, of course, he had some stinkers in there, but that's always what comes with having a rookie quarterback. You're going to have some ups, you're going to have some downs, but I think with what Mac Jones showed me last year, I expect for New England to take that next step. Now, we don't know who their offensive coordinator is going to be, okay? A lot of people think that's going to be Matt Patricia. It could be Joe Judge. We really don't know. But I really think that it doesn't really matter because if you have an elite quarterback, he's going to make whoever's calling the plays look better. Now, the defense really is where the lot, a lot of the concern lies, but I really like Jack Jones, rookie cornerback that they drafted in the middle portion of this past year's NFL draft out of Arizona State. We already previously did a segment about him not too long ago on the podcast. This is somebody who pretty much is a exact replica of J.C. Jackson, really good press, man-to-man corner. The only concern that you probably have with Jack Jones is the fact that, okay, is he going to be able to beef up and add enough necessary weight? Now, Jack Jones ends up, you know planning out and you know working out really well throughout preseason and training camp then he should be a starter and that's going to allow you to move Jalen Mills from cornerback to safety if you want to and then you also have Jabril Peppers, Adrian Phillips, Devin McCourty, Kyle Duggar so you have a lot of talent in that secondary if you are in New England and that allows you to play around with a lot of things with what you can do when it comes to nickel and dime packages because the biggest flaw that New England had last year was the fact that they were really slow 
And that was evident when they got destroyed by the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. They just didn't really have the speed to match it with Buffalo. So now you can add a guy like Jabril Peppers, somebody who was extremely versatile when he was playing at Michigan. And there really hasn't been a team that has really been able to properly utilize his skill set. I think for Bill Belichick, somebody that has been really good with versatile players with Jabril Peppers' skill set, you put him in the box and he's going to do wonders. So I think Jabril Peppers is going to end up playing a little bit of linebacker this season I also want to see what they're going to do with Adrian Phillips I'm really just interested in seeing how they're just going to utilize all of the safeties that they have on this team because I think that the Patriots defense can be fairly unique and one thing about Bill Belichick is that he's always been able to adapt you don't become one of the greatest head coaches of all time without being able to adapt to the current times of the game. And I think for Bill Belichick right now, a lot of people are overlooking the moves that they made on defense because they're not huge moves. These are guys that you probably never heard about. But remember, it's chess, not checkers when you're talking about the Sith Lord that is Bill Belichick. You know, Palpatine and Star Wars, nobody really seen him coming really you get what i'm saying when it was revealed that he was a sith everybody was pretty much taken back by surprise you know so when you look at bill Belichick, i think now a lot of people are going to be taken back by surprise with how good this defense is going to be this year and they already have one of the best defensive lines in the nfl yeah dietrich wise lawrence guy christian barmore who could be in for a breakout season matthew judon recently made the Pro Bowl last season. So there is a good amount of talent on this New England Patriots defense. And I think that a lot of people are going to be surprised of how good this defense is going to be this year. Now, my worst case scenario for New England is eight and nine. Now let's say, okay, maybe Mac Jones has a sophomore slump. Maybe he doesn't take that next step due to the fact that you have uncertainty at offensive coordinator. You don't really have anybody who has been a proven play caller when it comes to offensive coordinator. You also have the fact that, you know, maybe your defense still may suffer from the fact that you did lose J.C. Jackson to the L.A. Chargers and for agency. And maybe this defense really just doesn't have a lot of answers for teams like the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins that have a lot of speed on offense. You also look at their schedule I think that their schedule has some pretty difficult stretches this year that could give New England some problems. I mean, to start off the year, your first four games are going to be against Miami and Pittsburgh. Those two matchups are both going to be played on the road. Then you got to play Baltimore and Green Bay. Then after that, you know, you have a pretty easy stretch after that. But then late in the season, things start to pick up. Your last five to six games are going to be at Minnesota, Buffalo, Arizona, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, Miami, and Buffalo to close out the year. So that could be really tough for New England. So my worst case scenario for them is eight and nine, but my overall record prediction for the New England Patriots is going to be 11 and six. I have a lot of confidence that Max Jones is going to be able to take that next step. And when he does take that next step this year, he's going to elevate the whole entire team. And this already is a pretty good offensive line. He already has a pretty good ground game. So with the fact that his play is going to be elevated, he's going to minimize how many rookie mistakes he had last year. He's going to be more better at taking care of the football. You're also going to have somebody who's going to be a little bit more depended on in big situations there were a lot of people last year who kind of felt like 
Bill Belichick coddled Mac Jones. He kind of kept him from, you know, big situations such as not deciding to go for it on fourth down on multiple occasions. It pretty much seemed as if, you know, Bill Belichick had the training wheels on Mac Jones. I feel like with him going into year two, he's going to take those training wheels off. He's going to trust Mac Jones more. And I think that that's going to pay dividends for Mac Jones this year. I feel like he's going to deliver. And I think that the Patriots end up going 11-6 this year. But you guys let me know your record prediction for the New England Patriots down in the comment section down below. And I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode of the JT Sports Podcast. Remember that... The JT Sports Podcast is available on every single podcasting platform. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts from. The JT Sports Podcast is available. And I will see you guys with another episode shortly.